This is the Pickle Planet Podcast with Jenna and Tosh. Sit back and get a drink. Let's talk about parenting and how to survive it. Welcome to the Pickle Planet Podcast, Jenna. How are you? I'm good, Tosh. How are you? Good. I'm ready for an awesome podcast. Today. I am too. I'm really excited about this. I'm uh, getting into the holiday spirit. Mm. Yes, all this snow is helping. Oh, oh the snow. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't ready for that. But yeah, I feel like everybody's moving into the holiday spirit a lot earlier this year, I think, because so far it's not green. Yes. Yeah. It makes a huge difference. I think this yeah, early snow really makes that Christmas spirit come out even sooner, which is quite nice. I like it. I like snow in November, December, a little bit in January, and then it can stop. For yeah. Me. I'm, I'm hoping early winter means <laughs> early spring, but that's just me. Uh, I don't think it does, but uh, let's live with that dream. Yeah. <laughs> let's live. Let's live with that. Um, today, the podcast is brought to you by Lady Boss Collective Events. Two events coming up in December, December 9th. There is the Holiday Hoopla Bazaar with the town of Riverview. Which can, I love the name of. I know. I <laughs> wish I could say Hoopla. we coined that, but but we didn't. It was totally the town of Riverview. Um, that is December the 9th at 145 Lakeside Drive. That's the community hall here in town, or also known as the Kinsman Center. And then there is a Chocolate River Farmer's Market happening December 19th, which is a Wednesday Ooh. night between 4 and 7 p.m. Last minute holiday shop, if you will, uh, at the same place, 145 Lakeside Drive. Which is a great little space, which... Oh, the yeah. Very first time I tried to find something there, I found it difficult. So if people know where the skate park is, the indoor yep. skate park in Riverview, that's where you're headed. Exactly. <laughs> right behind the Byron, Byron Dobson Arena. It is kind of difficult to find, but but there it is. But it's great. Lots of parking. Lots of parking. Very accessible. Yeah. Very easy to get to. And it's big inside. And both yeah. events have over 40 vendors that are going to be at them. So there's going to be some serious shopping going on. Good to know because I have done very little of mine. Yeah, me too. Me too. It's a chance to shop local and support local. And speaking of supporting local and shopping local and supporting this holiday season, we have a special guest with us today. Hello, Amanda. Hi. <laughs> so we kind of put her on the spot there. Yeah. So Amanda Pooley is with us today. And do you want to maybe just give everyone a little introduction about who you are and what, what you're here about? Uh, I'm the founder of What Kids Need Moncton, which is a local children's charity. And we have our Christmas project going on called Snowflake Station right now. And we're trying to raise awareness for that and make sure all the families that need to register for help this season get registered. And people who want to sponsor children, um, drop off some of their children's items, even um, quality used items, as long as they're gently used and could be given as Christmas presents. And this year we're doing clothing as well. So that's a big adventure. I want to start off with what kids need as you've been around for a while. Yes. Uh, but it is a bit new to me. So I was hoping that you could explain where did that start? Where did you come up with that idea? Uh, well, that happened kind of accidentally. About 13 years ago, I myself was in a women's shelter with a baby leaving a bad relationship. Um, I was in Ontario, but I moved back to Moncton and uh, the community really pulled together and helped me get on my feet. I went back to school and that was really difficult as a single mom but people helped me with secondhand clothing and toys and all of those things so that I was able to get through. Um, I ended up finishing my Bachelor of Psychology. I got a Bachelor of Education. Um, I'm now happily remarried and have twins from that marriage and so we're talking six years ago I had way too many toys and for whatever reason <laughs> twins have to have two of everything. <laughs> I heard that before. Yeah. Right and I just thought well 
hey, there must be some mums out there who need some toys for Christmas. I'll put up a Kijiji ad. So it was probably 11.30 at night. I popped the ad up. I got up 6 o'clock the next morning and almost fell over at the number of responses. Wow. So I pulled the ad and I dealt with the families who had responded. And I really thought about it for a long time because there's not a lot of places that were taking secondhand toys. And there was nobody that was taking them and giving them away for free. So by March, I had started the Facebook page, which was called Play It Forward. Supposed to be a pay-it-forward site, but for toys. Right. But I knew that if somebody said, I have a crib, and nobody said, I need the crib right away, and I didn't take the crib, the next day somebody would need a crib. Right. So uh, my basement very, very quickly filled up. We then set a tent up in the yard. We had a flood in the basement. It's, oh, my it was, gosh. Yeah, it was a whole huge thing. <laughs> and by the time that Christmas rolled around, I said, well, the whole idea of this came from Christmas. Let's make it. A special project. And I think the first year I had 22 kids, somewhere around there. Maybe we'll get 50 kids if we make it a special project. And we ended up with 185. Whoa. Right. I have goosebumps. I know. know. <laughs> so incredible. that was a, a huge eye-opener for us. And, you know, we continued on and we got charitable status. We realized that it was a need in the community. And, again, just kept collecting the clothing and toys and trying to recycle them to families. Every year at Christmas, we would go up probably 50 kids. Uh, the first year we partnered with the Humanity Project, we expected to go up 50 and we doubled. Wow. Uh, we expected 400 and we ended up with 719. Uh, last year we had 811, so we're anticipating between 900 and 1,000 this year. Oh my goodness. So that's 900 to 1,000 children, children, not families, not right? Families, Individual correct, children. Okay. Correct, yes. It's still, that's, either way, it's a huge number. Yeah, absolutely. That is mm. a huge number, and it pinpoints a big issue in our city. Yes. Big. Yeah. If there are that many children that need to be signed up to get help it absolutely is and a couple of years ago many of you are probably familiar with Barb Elias um, she does a lot of fundraising for the Humanity Project with her auction site mm -hmm. and she decided that the moms never get anything it's always the children that get stuff so she came in and made up a purse for every mom that had some jewelry and toiletries and a scarf and a hat and stuff like that and she's been doing that every year as well and then last year we also added stockings for the dads so it's kind of just one of those projects that keeps growing every year and keeps giving um. Yeah, yeah. No, that that was the part that gave me the good. Yeah, <laughs> like when you when you have the people and the momentum to be able to do that to think, okay, it's not just the kids. Yeah, these moms, these dads, they need to get something too. Right. Especially because you know, I I think a lot of times people think about kids at Christmas time, but th there's so much more. You know what what is the kid learning if their parents don't have anything either, right? Mm -hmm. I think it's it's fantastic that you're able to bring the whole family in that way. You need to think about the parents that are stepping out of their comfort zone and admitting that they need the help too, right? Right, right. and they're not asking because they expect anything for themselves. They, right. They're just trying to take care of their children, plain and simple, and I only need to acknowledge that sometimes. So the purses and stockings came in. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. And the fact that, that, that you guys would jump on board and think about something like that as well is incredible. Well, it's been Barb that has spearheaded that every year, so we owe that one to her. Yeah. <laughs> so if someone listening wants to, to help you, yes. what items are you looking for? How can they do that? 
Um, I have a list on our Facebook page of the most requested items, uh, things that we're specifically short on right now. We do not have very many books. Um, we make sure that every child gets a book. And we have lots of hats and scarves, but we keep running out of mitts. Mm. So mitts and gloves, we need lots of those. Um, items for the teenagers seem to be a hard one as well, especially the teenage boys. Um, this year we kind of proactively made up some little gift bags of things that teenage boys would like, but we have a limited number of those we were able to make up, of course, and with 900 to 1,000 kids, that's a lot of teenagers. Yeah. That is a lot of teenagers. So can people, if they don't want to donate or can't donate toys... Do you accept cash donations, check donations? Is there a GoFundMe, anything like that? There's no GoFundMe. Yeah. Um, I do have people often that will come in and drop off cash donations or they'll do an e-transfer. Uh, what kids need is a registered charity, so we are able to offer uh, income tax receipts if they want to make a cash donation. Um, we also have a link on our site to sign up if you want to sponsor a child. It usually costs about $50 per child, so people can keep that in mind if they want to sponsor. Mm. We want you to get them a hat, mitts, and a scarf, and then one or two two toys and one or two books based on their interests, which is what I will email to you if you decide you want to sponsor a child. I know a lot of people like doing it that way Mm -hmm. and having that that sense of connection, even without knowing the family or the child that they're giving to, having that idea that it's, oh, it's a six-year-old girl, so I'm going to go. I know some people really like that idea of picking things out themselves to put in a gift. For a specific child. Well, yeah, and if you happen to, for example, you said six-year-old, so I have a six-year-old, so I could just take her shopping and say, hey, pick out what you'd like. Because mm-hmm. any little girl is going to want an LOL doll this year, yep. for crying out loud. So. <laughs> something with sequins that move. Yeah, something with a sequins. Yeah, yeah, all of those things are on a list I have in my yeah. mind right now. So. Uh, and one of the things that's different about what your group does, what your charity does, is you do accept secondhand items if they're gently used, which yes. a lot of other places mm-hmm. don't do. Yes. Maybe... Explain to people exactly what gently used would mean and what what it is you're looking for. I'm I'm assuming you don't want the, you know, bags of random things I've found in my house that I want to get rid of. Well, we we actually have an amazing toy lady named Linda who knows every single piece that goes with every single toy and meticulously matches them up. So if there's anything missing, she knows. Um, But obviously we don't want things that have missing pieces that are broken or could be dangerous. If they're a little bit... Uh, have a little bit of crayon on them or something we can clean that up okay. but if the entire surface has been colored on <laughs> we probably don't have the time to take mm-hmm. all the crayon off of it um books make sure you know none of the pages are ripped and they haven't been written in and you know stuff like that and one of the things we did last year um, we do tend to get more secondhand stuff than new stuff so we had a lot of it left at the end and we did an open house so families were able to come in and just take whatever they needed which is what our drop-in center used to be and we haven't been able to do our drop-in center for years um since we you know ended up in a parking lot feeding people and all that mm-hmm. stuff so that was also the reason why we brought the clothing back in so the clothing will be out when we do our open house um families used to be able to come in once a month and take what other clothing they need but we haven't been able to do that this year they will be able to come in and stock up on some clothing and toys and books and stuff whatever we have left at the end 
That's so fantastic. where are you located? Is your drop-off center and stuff like that? I know you said you've teamed up with the Humanity Project. So are yes. you there? Well, normally we're in the Humanity Project building because Feed the Community, the meals that go on, is a joint initiative between the two organizations. Mm-hmm. But there's not enough room right now for us to do Christmas in that building because we're trying to set it up to shelter people. Yes. Um, which is obviously an immediate need with the weather that we've been having. So we are at the tennis club in Centennial Park. Okay. And they've given that to us, I think, for the past three years. It's not a building that they're using in the wintertime, so we're able to go in and pretty much take it over with toys. That's fantastic. And that's a big building, too. It's a big so building. It's yeah. nice that you have the ability to take it over with we toys. We fill yeah. the shower stalls with clothing. <laughs> I saw a picture online of that. It's awesome. every inch of that place. <laughs> and you have the hours listed online where people can just drop by to drop things off at yes. the tennis club, and correct? and we don't have any like long stretches of hours at the tennis club because it's mostly me doing that and I currently have a back injury I'm waiting for surgery for, so I can't do long stretches. Mm-hmm. So we have other drop-off locations like the Humanity Project building, and they're there from 10 to 6 every day. Um, except for on the weekends they're only there from 10 to 1 on the weekends and also uh, Crystal Mountain Party Palace out on Elmwood Drive she's been collecting items for us as well so if the hours that are listed online don't work then we have some alternate locations that's perfect Uh, what is your Facebook page so that people can contact you Um, if they type in what kids need Moncton uh, it will pop right up yeah awesome yeah you'll see a picture of a whole bunch of toys (laughs) (laughs) I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit more about what what you've been seeing over the years, because you said you've been doing this eight, seven for Snowflake seventh Station annual, so that means yeah. six years ago I put up that first Kijiji ad. Right, and for for the first few years, I mean, it was eye opening to see that that many families needed help, but I kind of existed in my happy little bubble in my mm-hmm. office in my drop in center, um, and then the Humanity Project came along, and that kind of changed. And the first time that changed was a few summers ago when the soup kitchens and food bank were both closed for two weeks. So we had the idea together that we would just pop up a table in a parking lot and we would feed people for two weeks and their problem solved and we would walk away. And three years later, we're still feeding people 365 days a year. Um, But that is one of the things that I discovered. Like as a person who lives in Moncton, I think, oh, we have two soup kitchens. It's covered. I don't need to worry about it. I didn't think about the fact that the soup kitchens are both only open Monday to Friday at lunchtime. So what if somebody is working during the time when the soup kitchen is open and isn't able to get there? They're just not supposed to eat. Mm -hmm. Um, Having nothing available on the weekends at that time, the first week we were out, there was a woman who was living in a tent and she was pregnant. And she hadn't eaten because there was no food offered on the weekends. So that was one that hit really Mm -hmm. close to home for me. And that was why we we laid out a calendar of all the meals that were available in the community and where are the empty spots, and we tried to fill them in. And that's what, you know, we've continued to do. And now we're looking at a a housing crisis with all of the uh, rooming houses being torn down and no alternatives being offered and the tent cities being ripped up. And it really has been a, a snowball of an eye-opening moment for me of what the situation is in our community and how easy it is to do something that makes a difference to someone in that situation. You know, a pair of socks is everything to someone whose feet are soaked who doesn't have a pair of socks. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's It's very eye-opening for someone on the other side who, you know, my job, I can to- go and help all these places out. 
But if I'm not going and talking and speaking to these people myself, I'm not realizing the impact, right? Right. No, but yeah. it's a, it's a good thing to make people that aware and yeah. to think about it. Yeah, it's it's one thing to go through our lives and think, oh, these social supports exist, and my tax dollars go to these different charities that are funded to do these things. But like you said, if no one's sitting down and taking that overall look at where the gaps are right. and filling in those gaps, then there are so many people that are not being served. To take the time to go and and be there. It can be difficult for some people yes. to do, even just in terms of your own schedule, not a, not even thinking of that comfort zone part of it, right. right? Yeah. But to be able to talk with people who are on the front line is, I think, very, very important for people to to hear that and to, to know how that they can help and how they can do that. So are you still looking for volunteers? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Always looking for volunteers for both programs, the Christmas program and the food program. And I mean, we had to stop clothing donations at the Humanity Project building because in one day we filled a room like up to eye level with bags of stuff that came in. And he was like, no, we need time to sort this before we can bring (laughs) anything else in, which is amazing, you know, and I think that's probably one of the biggest things the Humanity Project has done is bring awareness to people about what's going on in their community. If people don't know they can't help right so that that was a huge thing and I remember Charlie and I having a conversation where he said you know if it's too much for you to be involved in this project you could go back to the drop-in center in the clothing and I said you know it's kind of like when you live home with your parents when you're younger and then you move out and you see what the world is actually like and you can't ever move back home because now <laughs> you have that knowledge that's what happened for me when I started doing that project. There, There is no going back. I'm all in at this point. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I'm sure you never thought that this would blossom into a, a full-time job. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I absolutely didn't. Yeah. And I mean, I'm a teacher by trade, yeah. and I do some tutoring through the charity, and I'm hoping to bring in maybe some academic upgrading courses and stuff in the future. And it's like you said, identifying what gaps are there and what can we do to try to, to plug those holes because there are a ton of great organizations in the community who are doing everything they can yeah but nobody can do everything it's just not possible exactly and it's nice to see two or three or whatever come together and make a solution mm-hmm. for the city because you know things that look good on paper is not showing the rest of us what's really going on right, right. Yeah. but i think taking that time to identify where those gaps are is so important and i think a lot more could be accomplished if a lot more people had those opportunities to sit down at a table and put out that calendar yes. and not think of all the red tape and all the other things, just that very specific, where are the holes? Mm-hmm. What can we right. really do that's going to make a difference? Times I think you find um, the people who are running charities and organizations, that's what their training is. That's what their field is. So they've been trained that this is the best way to do this. Well, neither Charlie or I have any training mm-hmm. in how to run a charity. So it's all been, well, this is the problem. Let's try this. And if that doesn't work, let's try this. Very out of the box thinking. And, you know, this person has a really good idea and so does this person. What happens if we mesh those two ideas together and try to come up with something and it's a process and mm-hmm. you know six years like you said I was just trying to get rid of some of my kids toys <laughs> <laughs> didn't work out very well yeah. <laughs> and have the basement full of stuff <laughs> the back, yeah, whole building yeah. full <laughs> <laughs> two buildings <now>. yeah yeah <laughs> That's, but it's incredible. I love it. I think it's fantastic. And uh, I'm going to go through our stuff 
after you leave or before you leave, maybe just <laughs> send you with a bag of stuff out the door. Um, well, yeah, no, I'm thinking of yeah, even more things. I brought a few things. Yeah. You guys laughed when I came in, but yeah, I was like, oh, this is my chance. I'm not going to, I don't know when I'm going to make it to drop things yeah. off, but I'm going to bring them today. But now I'm like, oh, no, there's probably a lot more at home that does not need to be in our house that could really be put to good use. That is, you know, especially things, we get a lot of things gifted to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know I've got, you know, bags full of really nice, you know, knitted socks that we maybe use once or twice a year, Mm -hmm. but you know, there might be someone who could actually use them all the time. And that would be a much better use of everyone's talents than them sitting in my cupboard for the couple days when, you know, we go outside to play and it's like, oh yeah, it's great that we've got these warm knitted socks. I'm like, no, 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 we have a washer and a dryer and we can use the socks that we have and someone else could use these. Yeah, 100%. And one of the ways to get your kids to help you go through their stuff and decide what to get rid of is bring them in to volunteer. Mm. Because when they're given a page and they can see there's three kids in this family and these are the things they like and, oh, I have one of those at home and I'm not playing with it, and they'll go home and bag it up and send it in and we find that that often happens. It happened with my oldest son the first year we were doing it he was looking at the different things the children wanted and he went home and went through his room and collected some of those things and sent them in and then mom's not doing all of the work mm-hmm. I still go in after my kids yes. and, you know weed out more stuff <laughs> but I let them do the first step of like you decide what things you're ready to part with so they can find a new home yeah and someone that deserves it we do the same thing the purge before before yeah. birthdays before holidays uh, just to, and they know that we're sending it to somebody who needs it far more than we could ever need it. Um, but I think having that that list and that mm-hmm. better picture in your head of of who that it makes other it family might be. It yeah. makes it real for them. Yeah. yeah. Is there any age limit or anything like that? You said you know bring the kids in to volunteer with you. Is there any? You don't have any requirements around that or anything? No, I actually have a seventeen nine to eleven year old hockey players that are coming in next Saturday. Nice. So they're going to be uh, doing up some bags for families as well. And I mean, as long as a parent is with the child even the little ones that are toddling around they'll find one of the toys in the second hand section and play with it while the mom will make stuff up but I mean if they're old enough to decide what toys they want to donate then they're probably old enough to come volunteer with us for sure if someone's listening that knows of a family that could use your help same thing contact you through facebook is that the best on the facebook page is the link it's an online application you fill out with your contact information the children's ages interest sizes all of that stuff and it's submitted electronically and then we've got the database over at the tennis club okay are there any requirements you know do people need to back up their their need with you somehow is there you know financial the limits or anything like that that you do the yes qualifying question that always comes mm-hmm. up i had quite a time with this because i am one of the few organizations that refuses to ask financial questions because i don't think that what you made last year or even what you made last month has anything to do with your situation and where you are right now mm-hmm. so the way that i've always qualified families is one simple question please explain the reason why you're coming for help that's it you just tell me what your story is like maybe you're just off on a sick leave so this christmas is going to be tough for you whereas you're normally okay that's a perfectly valid reason to be asking for help and asking for help is the hardest step oh absolutely for sure and it's it's like in this day and age where everybody's got to keep up with the joneses you know what i mean people break themselves over christmas when it's not necessary yeah 
It's not, but, and then some people end up in this situation the following year because they're still paying off Christmas last year or right. something along those lines, right? So right. it's a, definitely an absolutely fantastic thing. I have one more question for you, um, just because it's on my mind. Um, other charities that are doing something similar. Yes. Do you work together? Uh, you mean like Head Start's Toyland yep. is the yep. biggest one? <laughs> <laughs> That's the one I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, we have a question on our application form that asks if they're registered with any other toy drives. And we do check our list with the other organizations. Okay. Um, but if you are registered somewhere else, that doesn't mean you don't qualify for right. ours. If you're not registered somewhere else, you'll get some new toys and some secondhand toys from us. If you are registered somewhere else, you're getting new toys from them, so you'll get some secondhand toys okay. from us. And that way it's even for all the children across the board. That's fantastic, because that, that is exactly what I was thinking of. Are you allowed to be with more than one? You know, trying to weed out anybody if they're trying to ride the system or something, right? Like, oh, I can get all these free toys. Go to the Grinch. There are always people who do yeah. try to yeah. do that. So it's nice to have that understanding of how the different organizations are working together so that you know, as someone who's in a position to give, you right. understand how sure it's, it's going to get used. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. yeah, I think it's absolutely fantastic to have a better understanding of how your charity works and how it works in hand in hand with the other organizations in, in our community. Well, thank you very much for having me here today. Yeah, no problem. Well, thank That's... you for uh, putting up that Kijiji ad six years ago. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> Snowball effect. <laughs> All right, we'll see you next week on the Pickle Planet podcast. Yes, we will. Again, this podcast is brought to you by Lady Boss Collective Events. There's uh, two bazaars coming your way, December 9th and December 19th. They're both happening at 145A Lakeside Drive in Riverview.